Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. That song uh, is very much about what discipleship is for each and every one of us. Discipleship, what it is to follow Jesus, is that... Every day, Uh, and as we continue to follow Jesus, we're more and more dying to ourself for His glory. We're seeking no longer ourself and our own uh, desires, our own preferences, but we are seeking the glory of God. And we're seeking the building up of the body of each other. That's, that's what discipleship is all about, and that's what our, our text is about today, about denying ourselves. Now, last week we looked at Jesus and how Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ. It's a high point in this Gospel of Matthew. It's one that you, you look at and it, it may be amazed at. Um, that, that Peter would recognize who Jesus really was and confess him for the very first time. And Jesus said, good, Peter, you're, you're, you're getting it. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And then we come to today's passage. Jesus, after he... he after Peter confesses that he's the Christ, Jesus then starts to tell his disciples about what comes next, about how it's necessary for him to suffer, to be mocked and persecuted and and to die. And Peter, who was this rock, Peter, who was the one who confessed Jesus first of all the disciples, became a stumbling block to Jesus. He said, Jesus, you're never going to do that. No way. I won't let you go to the cross. Oh, Peter. Jesus responds to that with just an amazing... um, Rebuke. He says, get behind me, Satan. He calls this one who he had just called in the previous verses, the rock upon whom he would build his church. And then he calls Peter, Satan. Because what Peter was saying to to Jesus, it it was the same kind of temptation that Satan had tempted him with in the garden, in, in, uh, in the wilderness. You know, Jesus was drawn out into the wilderness to be tempted right after his baptism. And Satan tempted him with three temptations. He, and one of them was that uh, he would be given all the kingdoms of the world if he would just throw himself down. It was a way to be glorified without the cross, without the suffering. 
It was a way to avoid the cross. And Peter comes to Jesus with the same kind of temptation that Satan did. There's a way that you can be the king, that you can be the Messiah without going to the cross. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. It's necessary to go to the cross, to suffer. And then Jesus begins to talk about discipleship. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow me, Jesus says, then you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. What Jesus is saying to Peter is it's not only is it necessary for me to suffer and die on this cross before I enter into my glory, but for everyone who wants to follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your own cross. That's what Jesus says. The life of a disciple is like. Let's uh, read our text this morning. Matthew chapter 16 We'll begin in verse 21. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised again. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but upon the things of man. And then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. We seek no other revelation because you have revealed yourself sufficiently in your word, in the scriptures. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears and open our eyes, that we might see you for who you are, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That we might hear your voice calling to us, follow me. That we might understand 
what it is to take up our cross. Father, be with me. Weak, sinful, often caring about my own desires and my own preferences. Lord, help me today to die to myself. I need your grace. Help me today to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we notice here in this passage, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. It says that he began to show them. It doesn't just say that he was telling them, but he began to show them, which makes me think, how was he showing them? He was was opening something up and showing them in the text of the Scriptures. It doesn't mention the Bible here, the Old Testament, but if, it, if he's showing them, what, he's got to be showing them something. So I believe that he, as we look at this passage, he, he was showing them in the Scriptures that it was necessary to fulfill prophecy. He was showing them in the Scriptures that he had to go to Jerusalem. That he had to suffer many things. Maybe he opened up Isaiah 53. We don't know what passage. It doesn't give us a quotation here. But he was opening up the Scriptures and showing his disciples it was necessary for him to suffer. And then, on the third day, rise again. This was too much for Peter. He had a picture in his mind of what he thought the Messiah was going to be like. The Messiah was supposed to come and he was supposed to come in his glory. He was supposed to come and rout out the Romans. He was supposed to be a glorious king. Well, he will be. One day he's coming and he will be every bit of that. We read about that in Revelation where he will come and he will ride on a white horse Flames coming from his eyes, a sword coming from his mouth. And he will come in his glory and he will put down all of his enemies one day. But the first coming, he came lowly and humble. He came to suffer. Suffering was Jesus' road to glory. As we already said, Jesus rebuked, well, Peter rebuked Jesus. Can you imagine that? The the Bible actually tells us Peter rebuked him. He pulled him aside and said, Jesus, I don't think you know what you're talking about. don't, don't, Don't say things like that. Can you imagine Peter going to Jesus saying that? And Jesus responds, he says, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me. The rock became a stumbling stone. 
You're setting your mind on the thing, not on the things of God, but upon the things of man. Peter had his mind set on the things of man. Temporal things. About having the life that he wanted to have now. Rather than the life that was to come. His mind was set on the things of man and not on the things of God. I'm not much for naming names, but there's a book title you've probably seen, you probably know who I'm talking about, Your Best Life Now. That's not what Jesus was talking about in the Scriptures. We don't get our best life now. Following Jesus is about having suffering. Taking up our cross. Self-denial. So we have our best life later. Jesus, He tells His disciples, If anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow Me. He gives three things here. We're to do. If you want to follow Jesus, this is what we have to do. If you want to call yourself a disciple and follow Jesus, it harkens back to whenever Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw these men, Peter and Andrew, brothers, fishermen. They were fishing. Jesus says, Follow me. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. He comes along a little ways further and he sees. James and John, fishermen, he says, follow me. They leave their father in the boat and they follow Jesus. They denied themselves. They denied everything that this life gave them to offer. And they followed Jesus. And that's what he says, everyone who follows Jesus, everyone who is a disciple must do we must deny ourselves for his glory we no longer live for ourselves the old person that we used to be if we have trusted in Christ is dead has been crucified with Christ And we live a new life. We live by faith in the Son of God. And we live for Him. What does that look like practically? Is it just enough that we come here and sing on Sundays and we listen to a sermon? No. Every day... We deny ourselves. We live for His glory. We take up our cross. Now, in Jesus' day, this was a deathly image. It doesn't mean we wear a cross around our necks as some kind of piece of jewelry. But anybody listening to Jesus here, they would have understood they, they would have walked along the streets and saw people crucified along the streets in agony. One of the worst possible ways to die. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, 
You've got to deny yourself and take up a cross. Ready to die. How do we take up our cross today? There's not even anybody being crucified here in America. Now, if you go to the Middle East, you may find believers who are. Each believer has to take up his cross. What that might mean for us is that we say what is an offense to our culture. Why was Jesus crucified? Well, one, it was the plan of God from the foundation of the world. But He said things that were an offense to those around Him. He claimed to be God. And people couldn't handle it. He pointed at the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and they hated Him for it. If we're to take up our cross today, we need to take up the reproach of Christ. It would be easy to try to build a big crowd by watering things down and not really talking about sin. Martin Luther, the reformer, said that If a person is faithful on every single point and preaches every single thing of Christian doctrine except that one thing, which is the place in which the gospel is being opposed at that time, that he's being unfaithful. Look at our culture today. What is that one thing? That one thing in which we are tempted to leave out. To not talk about. To to kind of water down. But our culture is is pressing and advancing an agenda of, of, of sexual liberation. We can't be silent about that one thing. To take up our cross means that we teach and we proclaim what the Scriptures teach, what the Christian vision is for sexual morality. And we take up our cross. And people will hate us for it. We cannot redefine, renegotiate all of the different morals that that Christians have taught for 2,000 years. The Christian sexual ethic boils down basically to this. Faithfulness in marriage and chastity in singleness. Period. For those who are unmarried... It means no sexual contact, no sexual um, activity at all. That's chastity in singleness. If you're not married, Jesus calls you to deny yourself. 
And in marriage, it's faithfulness. It's single-minded devotion to your spouse alone. No activity with anyone other than your spouse and no wandering eyes. Jesus said that to look at a woman with lust in your heart and you've committed adultery. Right there, that is the Christian sexual ethic. And our culture comes to us and says, you you can't say it, you can't expect people to really live like that. That's what our culture says. Oh, you can't can't talk about that, you're going to drive people away before you ever get a chance to listen. We cannot stop. We cannot be silent. We have to speak what the Scripture says, even meaning it, it, it will it'll be denying ourselves. And it will be taking up our cross. And we will take up the reproach of Jesus Christ. Being willing to suffer. Being willing for people to say we're crazy. Now I said it's very simple what the Christian sexual ethic is. Chastity and singleness. Faithfulness in marriage. Yet we have today a redefinition of what marriage is. We cannot be silent. We cannot just look the other way. We have to faithfully say and proclaim God has a design for for human sexuality. In the beginning, He made us male and female. The culture today says, oh, that's too binary. You need to stop talking in such a binary way. He made us. The Scripture says, male and female. The culture will pressure us. The culture out there may try to pass laws to try to penalize us. We have to take up our cross and be ready to bear the reproach of Jesus Christ. We can try to wiggle out of it. We can try to Soft pedal it. But if we do, we're not denying ourselves. We're not taking up our cross. And follow Jesus. How can we do this? How can we deny ourselves and take up our cross? Because we know we're following Jesus. Peter, here, he came to Jesus and said, you, couldn't, you shouldn't be talking that way, Jesus, about going to a cross and dying and rising again. How, how can you be talking that way? Peter wanted Jesus to avoid the suffering. He wanted him to avoid 
the cross. He wanted him to come in and get things the easy way. If we're going to deny ourselves, if we're going to take up our cross, we're going to follow Jesus' example. Suffering leads to glory. We will set our face on Jerusalem, so to speak, just like Jesus did. We will set our face on the coming kingdom that the Son of Man, as it says here in the text, is coming in His kingdom. He is coming on a day. He has fixed and appointed a day in which He will come and He will judge the living and the dead for everything we have done. Addie read a verse from Daniel chapter 7. It's where the Son of Man language comes from. It talks about how the Son of Man, this Son of Man comes in the clouds and He sets before the Ancient of Days, the Father. And He's given a kingdom and glory. And He is given a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and language. This passage in Daniel is Jesus. It's talking about what was going to happen with Jesus, the eternal Son of God. And Jesus, whenever He says, the Son of Man is going to come with the angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done He's got to be looking back to Daniel chapter 7. Listen, the, angel, the Son of Man will come with the angels in glory. Daniel chapter 7 said, The Son of Man, one like a Son of Man, came with the clouds. Same kind of language right there. The Son of Man. Jesus Christ is coming one day and He will Repay every person according to what he has done. Great preacher, one time, uh, the name escapes me right now, some of you may know, preached a sermon called Payday Someday. Anybody know the name of that guy? I can't think of it right now. Payday Someday. He was a great preacher in the Southern Baptist Convention. There is a payday someday. The Lord Jesus will come and repay every man and woman for what they have done. Suffering leads to glory. Jesus set His face on Jerusalem knowing that He would be raised from the dead and that the Father would give Him a kingdom And He would make a people for Himself from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And we, the church, are that people that that the Father has given to the Son. He was able to go to the cross. He was able to deny Himself because He looked forward to what it would... to the reward. And how are we going to be motivated to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow 
Jesus. We have to be motivated by the same thing. We have to be forward-oriented, looking to that day, knowing that while we in this life may be persecuted, while we in this life may bear, bear a cross, bear the reproach of Christ, people will say we're weird, we're strange, they will, we will be rejected even by our friends, even by our family. But we will look forward to a day when Jesus is coming and He will look at us one day and He will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. To follow Jesus... Is not to take the easy way out. To follow Jesus is not to make everything look attractive and happy. And to follow Jesus is a life of self-denial, taking up our cross, and following Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.